Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. After three years of doggedly sticking to a COVID zero policy, last month China made a sudden and unexpected U turn. Now the disease is ripping through the country as millions celebrate Lunar New Year. Today, what we do and don't know about the biggest COVID outbreak the world has seen so far. Hi, I'm Lily Kuo. I'm the Washington Post China Bureau Chief. Lily, the last time we looked at China's zero COVID policy on this podcast was back in late November, and we were discussing the protests across the country, the frustration of the Chinese people having to live with these sort of ongoing restrictions. But the general consensus was that President Xi would stand firm. What was your reading back then, back in November, of the situation? Back in November, it seemed like zero COVID really was not tenable and that it couldn't go on mm. forever. And the protests, which were uh, so surprising to see, really emphasized that. In Shanghai, people chanted in the streets, we want freedom. Protesters yelling at police, you're supposed to serve the people. And so I think it was a big question for a lot of people of what would authorities do? Because on the one hand, it seems that um, that they wouldn't bow down to public pressure because that would be sort of like rewarding the protest. But, and, and at the same time, it would be like admitting mistake. Uh, but at the same time, it seemed that the leadership had sort of been backed into a corner because uh, Omicron was already spreading in the country. You're seeing all of this public discontent, the economy had taken such a hit. So it seemed like something had to give. Mm, it was really unusual, wasn't it, to see those sorts of protests in China, to for people to voice their frustration in that way. Just to remind me, what were the restrictions in place? Because they were really tough, weren't they? Yeah, the restrictions ranged from, you know, there would be a total lockdown of a neighbourhood or districts of a city after a few cases or people would have to to get tested, PCR tested over and over just to go to work. Um, and they'd have to line up at midnight several times a week to do that. Mm. People were uh, locked in their homes um, under these lockdowns. People weren't able to travel abroad because the government had also discouraged people from traveling and then coming back and possibly bringing the virus back. During more extreme situations, people were locked down at home and couldn't get medical care when they had emergencies aside from COVID. Mm, the state really had a really strong control on the people in China. But then, Lily, it changed so quickly. It's been described as being like whiplash because one minute there was all these restrictions, quarantine, PCR testing, and then almost overnight there was basically nothing left of it. Beijingers woke up knowing something was afoot. Fewer test booths, daily swabs, unnecessary. Stores and parks unlocked. China slowly... Yeah, it, it, it was a real U-turn. And I think we've been trying to figure out what was behind that. So some thinking is that 
the leadership didn't really have a choice that, you know, they were about to get hit by Omicron and zero COVID was already proving not to work. So mm. they just decided to go ahead and reopen and it coincides with the protests. So you can also say, well, we're just listening to the public and this is what you wanted. So um, that's one theory. Another is that the damage that was uh, that zero COVID was causing to the economy. And so that factor caused them to also go ahead with the reopening. And yes, that the protests kind of expedited everything. Mm. But I think I'm still confused whether or not there could have been a more gradual process um, and if they could have slowed it down as much as possible um, at, in December and tried to do things like stock up a medication or get more ICU beds or, you know, do as much as they could in vaccines um, rather than just reopen. Yeah, I mean, let's look at that because what does COVID zero's lifting look like in China? I know it's really hard to get accurate data and we can see there's some frustration that the Chinese government isn't giving the world accurate data about what is happening in China at the moment. So what do we know? Well, we know that hospitals are overwhelmed. A lot of our understanding of what's happening in China does come from videos on social media and we can see from these videos how full the hospitals are. We know that, especially in the rural areas, the hospital systems are weaker. And we also know that funeral homes, um, that traffic at funeral homes have increased. At the Post, we did an investigation using satellite imagery mm. that showed uh, an increase in traffic at these facilities across China in at least six cities. Mm, but hang on, sorry, sorry, just stop you there because you use satellite imagery to try and get a sense mm -hmm. of how many people... We're dying. Yeah, exactly. So we, you know, we've been hearing these accounts, these anecdotes from different cities, especially places like Beijing or Shanghai, outside of funeral homes or inside funeral homes. And we wanted to see if we could document that across the country. So we looked at satellite imagery of the outside of these funeral homes in December and January compared with the same time period the year before. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's we're just seeing cars and people. So to see if there was another reason why people might be there. We called funeral homes and we t and we tried to find people that went to those funeral homes to ask them, you know, why they were there and what they saw when they were there to, to corroborate that, um, that this increase in traffic was, was related to COVID. Workers at these places told us that it was the busiest that it had been in the six years that they'd worked there or that the incinerators were operating 24-7 during the last two weeks of December when it was the busiest. Um, residents told us that they had to wait in line for um, all day. And in one case, one person had to wait overnight to get a slot um, to cremate his father who had died from COVID. So all of these, all of, all of this evidence painted this picture that the death toll could not possibly be what the government was saying at the time, which was less than 40 people for since December, since the restrictions were lifted. Mm. Um, and so it's also interesting that the government then released a new death toll, which is uh, 60,000 since December. Mm. Do you think that's right? I mean, what's the big secret? Yeah, I think one issue really is the data collection. And so mm. they don't have mandatory mass testing anymore. And so it's hard to capture all of the cases and also they were using a more narrow definition of COVID deaths, which is that you had to die of respiratory failure. And whether or not that figure is accurate, I don't think anybody really knows. I mean, there are estimates that um, actually it's 9,000 people dying a day or, or it's been 5,000 people dying a day. Mm. But I've had, I have heard health experts say that they think that that figure is just the tip of the iceberg. 
Mm, I can see that people think that this really could be the largest outbreak of COVID-19 that the world's experienced so far. I mean, there's so many people that live in China. It's such a huge population. And I saw that Peking University study, which showed that well, they estimated 900 million people had been infected. So it's just massive mm-hmm. numbers. You mentioned vaccines. The Chinese are vaccinated, aren't they? But there's a problem with the vaccine they're using. Right. So the vaccine rates are relatively high, but there are a few problems. Um, one is that the vaccine rate among the elderly is not very high because the leadership just didn't push vaccine the vaccine campaign on the elderly very aggressively. And overall in the Chinese population, there's a lot of vaccine hesitancy because there have in the past been issues with counterfeit vaccines being used. Um, so there's a lot of distrust um, over over using these. And then also another issue is that the vaccines that, that everybody has been given are Chinese-made vaccines, which have proven less effective against Omicron. And then a third issue is that most people that have been vaccinated they were vaccinated almost a year ago. Mm. So the efficacy of those vaccines has also worn off. And then a third issue is that because of zero COVID, there's been such a low infection rate in the past. So there's also a very low natural immunity in the population. Mm. And I gather with Lunar New Year, with people travelling around the country, things will only get a lot worse. China rang in the Lunar New Year on Sunday. With its people praying for health, queues stretched for a half mile outside the iconic Lama Temple in Beijing, with thousands of people waiting for their turn to pray for their loved ones. Do we have any sense, Lily, of the percentage of the Chinese people that have actually now had the virus, even though it's been in quite a short period of time? I I think we don't have an accurate sense, but some places, officials in Hunan province said that 89% of the population had been had been infected. That was their estimate. Wow. In Beijing, officials have said that it's 80%. Mm, and then there's the concern, I guess, from other countries that if we don't know enough of what's happening in China, that there may be a new variant that comes out of there and that could put others at risk as well, of course. Right. And so that is why the WHO is pushing for more data. Mm. And the Chinese government is saying that they are constantly sharing that data and that so far they, there haven't been any new variants or sub-variants. Mm. So what's President Xi saying about all of this, if anything? And would there be any chance that he would reverse this decision and actually bring any of those restrictions back in? Or is he just going to let it rip through the population now? Well, at New Year's, he gave a speech and he talked about how the Chinese government has, the Communist Party has always put people first and life first, Mm. and that China's COVID policy has always been, that it's always protected the people. That's a line that, that he's maintained throughout the pandemic. On New Year's Eve, President Xi Jinping delivered his 2023 New Year address through China Media Group and the Internet. 女士们,先生们 He also seemed to indirectly reference the protests by saying, um, you know, in a country this big, there are different demands and people have different opinions. So I think that there is some, there was some acknowledgement from him of uh, the protests and of discontent over zero COVID. So I can't see um, them reversing the restrictions and reversing the reopening. Um, especially at this point, especially now that so many people have gotten it. But I've been surprised by their decision-making so far, so I don't want to say for sure. Lily Kuo is the Washington Post's China Bureau Chief based in Taiwan. 
An independent forecasting firm, Airfinity, estimates China is likely to see 36,000 COVID-19 deaths a day during the Lunar New Year period, which is now underway. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer this week is Sydney Peed. If you've missed any episodes of ABC News Daily, you can find them on the ABC Listen app. I'm Sam Hawley. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.